0: Welcome into the Restored Liberty podcast with George and Ray ahead on the show. Of course, in segment three, we've got our Looney Tunes segment of the week, which is always enjoyable. We've got a special guest, Jim LaBarbera. We're going to get into a little bit more of of his path from being the music professor on the radio to a Sycamore Township trustee in segment two, but Jim's going to be with us in segment one, and of course, lots to get ahead in segment number one. So, fellas, take it away.
1: Okay, welcome everybody, and good, good Jim. Morning. Thank you so much for good coming. Good afternoon, good evening. Where no matter where you're at and when, and I just have one statement to make before you start, George. Uh-oh. Go
2: for it. The election was stolen. You think? I know. It's going to be uh, interesting to see what happens in Arizona. In fact, I was, I got that on the list for section three. We'll see what happens there, but who who can tell? Uh, not only was the election stolen, but now your your bank account, your savings, your IRA are about to be pilfered as well. So we'll get to that. I only have Bitcoin, so I'm a good. Oh, You're in excellent shape if you bought it early. Holy cow. Anyway, so what we're going to do today is a little bit different. We're going to talk a little inside baseball about how to get involved in local politics, what the structure is. And along with, uh, we're going to talk about what really goes on. So to, to get it kicked off here... Um, if you're looking to actually influence the party, Democrat or Republican, they're actually structured very similarly, the way you do that is the first entry level, which is called precinct exec, and on the ballot, which happens on the primary of the governor's race, so in 22, there will be another uh, chance to become a precinct executive, in, in it's called member of county central commission on there, and it's uh, per precinct, so... It's a fairly small neighborhood. The idea behind it is you're supposed to be the neighborhood voice to the party. So if you're elected as a Republican precinct exec, you're supposed to represent your neighbors in the discussions that go on, you know, downtown at the county level. Uh, It's very simple to do. You need like five signatures to get on the ballot. And in most cases, nobody wants the gig. So you can get on and get elected with yourself voting and your friends and family. It's pretty simple. And I would uh, offer one little footnote.
1: You do get elected. You get elected by the electorate, and uh, you can run either for the Democrat Party or the Republican Party. And George just said uh, something to the effect that you know you're going to represent your neighborhood back to the party. Um, you and you have to recognize you've been elected, and you you are the starting point. The most important elected position in the land arguably is a precinct executive absolutely it's the closest to the people so you're not you're not there to work for the party you're to represent your neighborhood at the party you'll find out early on in georgia walk us through the rest that the thing is fully rigged almost all the time yes
3: and well, let me just add something now i when i ran in in 2017, The uh, precinct executives uh, in Sycamore Township endorsed their candidates in May. In May. Before the primary? Before the – well, they that's them in May. I I pulled and uh, got my signatures in July. And at least five of those people at that time – were connected to my opponent. And today it's still, uh, I was talking to Alex Trinfillo of the Republican Party. We had a cocktail, we sat around talking, and I said, Alex, there's no way when I run, if I run in 2021, 20, uh, will I be endorsed. It's impossible. Wow. Because we have our, you know, there's four people connected directly to the township, and there's a, a lot of people under the umbrella of my opponent.
2: Unbelievable. But that's the, the key point. So, Ray, you're correct. It's that... Local level, that's a really big deal, but only if you can get a voting block. In other words, so the idea is to get elected as the precinct exec, and by yourself, you are absolutely powerless. You can't do a bloody thing by yourself. But if you can get enough people within the county to vote as a block, you could start stopping the things that Jim was just talking about. The fact that, you know, the five People in the know, and they're they're typically the ones that get the next step, which is ward mm-hmm. chair, whatever the heck yep. that means. They, they're the ones that try and force these endorsements during the primary, and we'll talk about that a little bit. That endorsing in a primary is like the exact opposite of the American way. You're meant to have your pick at the primary, and then you know, in the final election, it's it's usually just two parties. But so the first step becoming a precinct exec uh, back in twenty. 20- Twelve? No, it must have been 2010. We made a huge effort to try and get a lot of precinct execs. Uh, and we're fairly successful at it. The catch is that we didn't know that when you go to a meeting, so like the first meeting we all showed up with in downtown Cincinnati for the Hamilton County, everything is already decided before it's put in front of you to vote on. So they've already got their slate of people that are going to be you know, the county representatives, the ca- the county chairman, vice chairman, all of these silly little boards; those are already pre-assigned before you get in the room. So, I mean, that's the the key takeaway is yes, you want to become the precinct exec, uh, but you got to have a voting yeah, block. because you got to
1: have friends. It's totally rigged. When we got a voting block in Warren County, we had already known about your experience. We were a couple years later. So we simply got enough people elected, and we trained them before that organizational meeting, and we took over the party. We had enough votes to take over the party. It can be done. Yes. Uh, it's not for the faint of heart, and it's very hard to sustain because polite people do not want to be involved with corrupt, dishonest people. A county party is no more than a job networking uh uh, area for career politicians. And if you want to come in there and, and try to steer the conversation back to maybe principles of the Founding Fathers,
2: you're not welcome. Right. And, and, and so as we talk through the progression, so you, you get elected to be a precinct exec. That gives you voting rights in the in the county level. So what you've got to do, though, is you've got to get enough influence. And, and this is where it's important to pick a leader, somebody that's going to be your mouthpiece, that is going to suddenly get called when they figure out that you've got enough people to actually stop their votes at the county level, they're going to reach out to you. And that's an important step as long as you can keep your nerve. In other words, when you go downtown and they start voting for you know, the executive committee and all of the county committees, that's where you actually have a chance to maybe change a little policy. If you can get a strong voice on, say, the executive committee, you can have a say in who they nominate who they endorse or force them to not endorse in the primary. Hamilton County is great about not endorsing in the primary. And
1: I disagree with you on that. On what? The endorsing in a primary. When we took over the party, we absolutely wanted to pick who was the most conservative to run on the Republican ticket. So we we didn't we we had a high bar for doing uh, endorsements. Only a couple people really got the endorsement. Right. But at least let us bring all the candidates before the committee, ask them questions, hear from them, and then s- decide as a group, uh, per the rules, who we thought should run. Be- and that was the only way to break the chain of no, 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 it's George's turn. Jim, oh, Jim golly, just left. Yeah. It's George's turn. You, you have to take over the meeting and let the people interact with these uh, these politicians. And so I disagree with the way I understand the stance in Hamilton Township. I disagree with it because it's already rigged anyway.
2: Yeah, uh, it's hard to disagree with that because of, as you watch what the results are. I want to talk about the next level that's actually on the same ballot. So in 22, there will be a second committee member on the ballot, and that's the state central committee. And that's by Senate district. So there's there's not near as many of those. Uh, and it's always a male and a female, uh, if we're allowed to use those terms nowadays. No, you're not. So th- there's always two elections for the state central committee. Um, those actually have some some power because now you're going to the meetings in Columbus. you got to say what's going on. And that's the first step where if you're a newbie and you try and go after that, wow, it's like an allergic reaction. I mean, the white blood cells come out and try to kill you. For trying to get on the state central committee.
1: It's the most corrupt, rigged thing. It's useless. They're already in the tank for the wrong candidates for
2: Senate and governor in in the state of Ohio. But the key is, if we could get people elected that, and it would take some massive organizational skill to get the majority in your Senate district of the state to take over that slot. But if you can get the majority there, you can take it. But... Kasich is notorious for what he did. He literally recruited to take over the state central committee and was successful. DeWine has done the exact same thing. He's he's right. Kasich 2.0. It's very hard on the state level. You got to have a whole lot more money, and if they know that you're conservative, they will bring out the money against you. Right, it's unbelievable. Uh, before we get into the second part where we talk about actual experience, let's talk about what happens as a reaction to a patriot getting first involved in the political party. So, if you show up and you get yourself elected as a precinct exec, the first, it's like the five stages of grief, really. I mean, you know how you, you get to acceptance maybe at the end, that, except that doesn't happen here. So the first reaction you get is this welcoming. Oh, it's great! We've got some new blood. Please come in. We'll, we'll we'll help you get involved. We'll give you all the names and numbers and everything. It's extremely welcoming, until they find out that you're not going to just toe the line and do what you're told. You know, then they'll start to try and persuade you. They'll give you, oh, I'll put you on executive committee if you allow us to nominate so and so. And you know, they try to bribe the new blood to back the establishment, and it takes them months to figure out that you're there for the exact opposite reason, that you're there to try and disrupt the establishment. And once they realize that, then you've got to get the numbers because they will start bringing out everything against you. Uh, once they realize that the, the newbies are actual patriots that want to get back to a successful form of government, uh, you're going to find that they start investing against you and try and get you out of there and and this is the the stage Ray is talking about. If you're a normal, hardworking American, you want to make a difference. You get involved in the political process and you start to see what's really going on. It's very difficult to stay in there and stay with it and actually try and succeed. Because it's like, well, why don't I just go back home and life can be normal again? I don't need this headache.
1: And that's exactly what happened to us in Warren County. We could have stayed in power, but for eight people who pulled their petitions to run again and didn't even turn them in
2: they had had it right it, and that's the thing you, you, if you're going to get started in this realize that these five stages of grief are going to come in against you you know they're going to oh. welcome you with open arms they're going to treat you like their best pal and then they're trying to, to slick you up to go in line and once you so show that you're not going to go in line you've got to have the fortitude to stick there and stick it out to be successful so in uh, in the next section, we're going to talk a little bit about being successful and what happens after that.
0: Indeed, we will. Our guest, Jim LaBarba, who went from the music professor on the radio to a Sycamore Township trustee. A reminder, you can sign up at info at RestoreLiberty.us. And for previous podcasts, be sure to search for Restore Liberty at Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart, and others. It's the Restore Liberty podcast with George and Ray. Welcome back into the Restored Liberty podcast with George and Ray. He was the longtime music professor on the radio, still is occasionally, certainly a guy that a lot of people in this area know and have known for a long time, but he got into politics as a Sycamore Township trustee. He is Jim Labarber He is our guest here in segment two. And Ray, I'll let you do the introduction. Yeah, I've known Jim for a little
1: while. Of course, I listened to him on the radio for years, but met him, uh, I guess it's going on a couple of years ago. I have no idea why somebody like Jim LaBarbera would want to uh, run for an elected position. He's too nice of a person. My goodness, he's a broadcast icon. And the people that he knows from over the years in the music business and the sporting business, the sports business, is phenomenal. The way he – who he interacts with in his private life is just a wonderful thing. Very impressive. We would all uh, – everybody would just be jealous of uh the circles that jim moves in and uh he doesn't uh, was well, bur- it johnny bench your best man yeah yeah, oh. yeah. so i mean <laughs> he and Gee. he's you know very good friends with marty brenneman all of that i mean he, he he's lived his life in a in a, a a very nice way and you know he was supportive of these uh folks that uh were the elected officials in the township and then he saw what they really were and he said well heck i'll run and he won, and, uh, and then uh, he'll, he's going to talk about what, what they put him through just for him running, right. and it's continued from there. And I, 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 I think a couple times
2: a day I say, why would Jim keep doing this? <laughs> well, please do, but that's, that's a great question. My, I asked this of Rocky Boyman when he was on the show. How does someone involved in the entertainment industry, one of the most liberal things on the planet right now, how did you remain a conservative?
3: I don't know. You know what? I I did uh, 15 years when I came to Cincinnati. Before Cincinnati, Cleveland was my rock and roll days for a number of years there. And coming to Cincinnati in 1969 on WLW, I did the afternoon show for the better part of 15 years. And then when... uh, I left there. I went to CKY and did a talk show for six years. And Dick Norman and uh, Jan Michelson, the guys there, were laughing at me because they said, you're apolitical. I didn't know if I was Democrat or Republican. I just knew that I voted for the candidate I wanted. And common they, sense. Yeah, the I, common I, sense, they, they just laughed at me. And somehow in 2009, I went back home to my little hometown, Stowe Township, outside of Pittsburgh. And my barber, I hadn't seen my barber for like 30-some years. And he grabbed me and goes, you got to back Johnny. you got to back Johnny Kasich. He, his dad was the mailman in our neighborhood i said okay i'm gonna do that so i came back to cincinnati got involved with Kasich. i was his uh local pr guy apparently on and i was on his uh, steering committee in, in hamilton county got involved in that started going to meetings i met you at the tea party meetings right. and got involved and uh, became a uh, sycamore township uh member of the board of zoning appeals i did that for six years and i was a pr director when uh for Sean Donovan, when he ran for sheriff, I, I had a motor scooter accident in the middle, so I missed the whole—I was there at the beginning and at the end, and I didn't know what was going on during the middle. But, uh, And I helped raise thousands of dollars over the years for the Republican Party, going out and playing music, emceeing shows, and what have you. So I, I I talked to Dusty Rhodes. Dusty Rhodes is the one. Dusty Rhodes bugged me for a number of years. Get into politics. Get into politics. So we go out. We have, We have lunch, and then he sends me a check on June 13th, and I wasn't even. I didn't even pull. I didn't know if I was going to run. Right. Sent me a check for a hundred dollars. I said, Dusty, I can't cash this. He said, No, dude, you got to run. You got to run. So he's the one that talked me into running. And when we sat down and talked for about an hour and a half, the whole idea was, look, just like when you're on the radio, you treat people the same way in politics. You just you just are nice to them. They need something done, then you make sure it gets done or, or give them an answer. I said that's all you got to do. Just be nice to people. So that's what I thought. So I pulled in. Uh, And I got the signatures, I got 50 signatures, You needed 25, and then my opponent decided that I was on the radio on WLW on Saturday mornings with Gary Jeff Walker. He demanded equal time over there, and then he had an attorney send a letter to a little radio station down in Dry Ridge, Kentucky, and uh, everybody there knew I was going to run except the owner of the station, so he demanded equal time. So the owner of the station calls me and tells me, Jim, I didn't know this. What are you are doing to me? He's screaming and yelling. He said they're going to drop everything if you drop out of the race. Well, that was a key statement to me. Right. Drop out of the race? Now, wait a i I'm being threatened. I grew up in a tough neighborhood, Italian neighborhood in Pittsburgh. No, no, that's not going to happen. For right. me. And, then, and this is like a $20,000 a year job. This is really – it doesn't pay. You know, it doesn't right.
2: Pay. You don't do it for the money for sure.
3: So um, – I got fired. He fired me. And, and what had happened was he had $400,000 in escrow. He bought the radio station in Middletown for $5 million. He was doing that deal. And anything to the FCC, we could have beat this. This was an easy thing to beat because of, it's like 50 miles outside of Cincinnati. Right. So we didn't do that, and I and I ran. But all of a sudden, I had all the time in the world to look up information on my opponents. And nothing to do but concentrate on that and, and that's what I did. So I started with my neighborhood, going around my neighborhood, found out that everybody was upset with the median on Kenwood Road. Then I found out that uh, they didn't know anything about the Taco Bell location. It's still a hot spot right now. Wow. It's in legal dispute and everything else in, in the newspapers. You know what's going on over there. So I was I looked up, Dusty Road. said to me, I said, Dusty, what properties do we own? And he started to go down the line and I'm going, he's, he's going to me, he said, I got to go, Jim, I got a luncheon appointment. He goes, whoa, whoa, whoa. He said, you guys are in the real estate business so then i found out through uh, public but records request i couldn't come up with that. that's a
2: common scam i think
3: yeah the idea
2: of buying property up as a township
1: yeah and it shouldn't be allowed but jim go back to the way you were treated when you ran the situation with your wife
3: yeah there there was a uh, website that that came up called liberal la Barbara and uh I didn't know about it. A friend of mine on the west side of town called me, and he was screaming and yelling. And this website called me a drunk, a liar. Uh, I stole from my boss. Uh, I was a fake, a fraud. And my wife was undergoing at that time a uh, says MDS, so a bone marrow transplant. My next door neighbors didn't know that she was in the hospital because we kept very private about that. Right. And she got sick in the hospital, but so she went through this. Now, thank God, it's been four years now that she's been uh, she a uh, survivor. So. My, my opponent knew that because we talked about cancer months before I was was running and suge- he suggested some places to go to get other opinions. So right. that bothered me a lot. This thing came out. It was by a guy named Paul Wiggins. And then as the final mailer... They sent this out—a picture of me campaigning for my opponents four years earlier. So that goes in the mail to everybody. Now the Liberal of Barbara site was taken down. Uh, whether Alex had something to do with it, the head of the Republican Party or not, I don't know. I know this one fellow, a friend of mine on the West Side, raised all kinds of heck about it, and it went down. So that was that. Background was going on. Plus, uh, they matter of fact, one of the final mailers was—they uh, they couldn't—they couldn't. They couldn't uh, respond to what they wanted to say in you know in a letter they had to put it on the website so they directed people to a website and that because of the lies that I told about them and everything I said about them was a plan that I that I put together and it was it's all true the stuff all I got everything accomplished except the median on Kenwood Road but uh My lies and my untruths have taken the campaign into the sewer. So that was the, the technique that was used. And I had, what I did have though, was I had a mix of people. Uh, there was a fellow who was a Democrat from California, ran, ran a couple of state campaigns there. And he said, I've never seen, because we had a mixer with about 50 people that showed up. And they were Republicans, Democrats, Independents, Tea Party members. And it was a total mixture of people backing me. The Republican Party didn't back me at all. There were some ladies from the Republican Party that got together and helped me. But I had the support of Democrats, Independents, and everybody. And that's what happened. And I had a guy named Bob Carter, who early on, his wife is a good friend of my my wife, and uh, he started showing up on my house every day. He, started, he was a former uh, superintendent of schools, principal. He was in Mason School District out in California. He uh, played for the 49ers, had a cup of coffee with them. His one kid was a All-American in college. The other kid played for five years with the Seattle Seahawks. And he got me every day. Let's go. We're going. We're going. So we, we went to over 7,000, about 7,000 homes. And we put a, a ton of mileage on his car, uh, his SUV. So we did it door to door every. The old-fashioned way. Get out there and talk to them. And uh, it was very interesting talking to people, and I found out so much because I found out people were being harassed by our our township. Some people involved with the zoning, they were being harassed. I addressed that problem when I got in office. Uh, Found that out, found out that... uh, we actually had a very prominent business owner threatened by eminent domain. And that wasn't one person, him saying it. It was a number of people, a couple of lawyers and other people who heard it were there on numerous occasions. And then we had also a resident from the township threatened with eminent domain. And that just didn't. So all of this ugly stuff came out. And then, of course, uh, after the election, I was one of, as a matter of fact, somebody just sent uh, the, of the two, four people that came in the year I came in. Jeff Capel, who's over in Blue Ash, and i yep. the only two that haven't been indicted. You know, we're the only two. So it's kind of interesting. And, and the sad thing was that all this stuff were connected with the Republican Party. And now, uh, hopefully, I hope I'm back in good graces. But I was not acknowledged at all. And it was like the GOP lost in Sycamore Township. Same thing happened when I worked with Tom James to get Tom James in. They didn't recognize him. Not outsider one. I'm talking to the the people. Wait a second. We're both strong Republicans. I was the vice president of the Republican uh, Party in Sycamore Township. They kicked me out. <laughs> they I'm no longer you know uh, admitted to the meetings because Still? I I oh yeah I, I backed uh, Tom James, who was against the he's endorsed, not in either endorsed candidate and they kicked him out too. So it's like, you can't believe this. You were talking, Skinny was talking uh, during the break about, you know, you're you're all old silver-haired guys in politics. i got to tell you, if you're a young guy and you're you're in your 40s, you've got a kid playing soccer, a kid playing baseball, whatever, and you're going to a school district that's in Sycamore Township or whatever township you're from— Why would you want this? I mean, I was constantly bashed on on Facebook, constantly bashed with a website that didn't, you know, from Paul Wiggins, whoever that guy, it never existed. It was a phony, everything was phony. And there's no way, as I said on one of my, my, I did three little videos that I put up. They were like two two minutes, not even two minutes long. And the one was, you know, this guy's been in office that I'm going up against uh, 24 years. You know, what about term limits? And right. so that resonated, I know. And then the median on Cambridge Road certainly uh, resonated. And then since that time, I found out we we're, it's not even our, it's a county road. They put the, the median in, and I found out all this back information on that. So th- that was it. Why would you want to do this? You, you're a guy who's a kid going to soccer. You have to go to your school to go to meetings and all that. And they're calling you an alcoholic. They're calling you, you've been fired. You've stolen money. Why in the world would anybody it want to do this?
2: just a, a ton of fortitude. You'd have to
3: be crazy to do that. You'd have to be absolutely nuts and that's and that's the truth i mean it's just no way around it and it's a nonpartisan race so when you were talking about may before that was a little early to endorse somebody for you know election coming up in november So so the
2: bottom line just just the allergic reaction i spoke of i didn't know it was that severe with you that is absolutely crazy and you're saying to this day you're still not welcome to the gop they don't see the well, they, the benefits of, of what you bring with you.
3: Well, we had a, a talk with Alex uh, earlier this year, and and my name is now on the GOP website. But they had, I said, Alex, uh, the guy I beat in the election has been on there. He's, his name is still on there for two years. I mean, just for your own, yes, well, I didn't know that. So right. I, I guess they don't look at that thing every day. So they did take that down, and we got a note that Tom James and I are both recognized as, Uh, members of the GOP on the on the website but no I was not I won the election in November what November 7th I was not allowed in the building unless the administrator our previous administrator escorted me and uh, and I mean so the first meeting I had he said I'll set up the meeting so November 8th November 7th December the 14th was my first meeting I met with the ladies in the office now they're lovely ladies but you know when you—he's there, of course—and they're asking me questions. I'm asking them questions. Not one person of those ladies said, "Hey Jim, if there's anything we can do to help you in your transition, just call us." You know, nobody said that.
2: Because you're going to you,
3: upset upset the status quo. Oh level. yeah, I mean, I had a call from a guy that was involved in the, in the building, and he said, "You know, they've already said you're trouble." And then they gave the administrator and uh, another man at the uh, on the staff a contract, a three-year contract that was in six figures. But if we let them go for any reason, then they had to give them a year's salary and then also a year's worth of uh, medical and then a, an accruement of uh, anything with uh, a vacation time, sick time. So when The
2: games they play in politics and political offices just never cease to amaze me. I, I've never had a contract
3: with that kind of a hey, clause George, they it. said They said oh, – Later, then uh, one of the uh, trustees said, well, the reason we did that was because the administrator felt threatened by Jim LaBarbera. I'm going, threatened? Hell, I wasn't even allowed in the building. (laughs) It didn't seem... My name didn't go on the door until... another big thing, but the end of April, it was up there, and they misspelled it.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, with a name like my last name, they never get it right. I'm used to that. Hey, in the third section, let's get into some of the... How do do we encourage people to take on this kind of mental hardship? and, And... what does it take to really be successful?
0: Jim's going to stick around. Uh, we got our Looney Tunes segment of the week, the Arizona election audit, and much more in segment three ahead. It's the Restore Liberty podcast with George and Ray. Welcome into to the Restore Liberty podcast with George and Ray. We've got a lot ahead here in segment three. And George, you get to lead us off with your favorite segment of the week.
2: Yeah, I always like to try and find something that's absolutely crazy for the Lenny Tunes. Um, this week's clip is, um, it's not funny, not in the least, but it is kind of crazy. So let, let's hear from our uh, commander in chief. And because of the extraordinary progress we've made in fighting this virus and the progress our scientists have made in learning about how it gets transmitted. Earlier today, the CDC made an important announcement. Starting today, if you're fully vaccinated and you're outdoors, you need, and not in a big crowd, you no longer need to wear a mask. Oh my God! I want to be absolutely clear. If you're in a crowd, like a stadium or at a conference or a concert, you still need to wear a mask, even if you're outside.
1: Well, well, I remember when Thomas Jefferson and James Madison were having that famous debate discussion about setting up the CDC.
2: Oh, golly, (laughs) yes. Yeah, I'm sure that was right in the back of their minds and and whether or not you had to wear a diaper on your face. Um, This thing is wrong on so many levels, I don't even know where to start. First of all, he says, the progress we have made. uh, Sorry, that vaccine was created by your predecessor. I'm pretty sure you didn't have a frigging thing to do with that. And scientists. So anytime I hear a Democrat, especially this dementia in chief, when he says scientists, what he means is policy people, people who are making up crap on the way. I mean, if you are outside and you're not near anyone between the sun and the wind, you can't catch Ebola outside that unless somebody's spitting in your face so i mean this whole idea that we're now going to grant you permission to go outside without a mask if you've taken the vaccine yes 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 unbelievable i cut the rest of it because frankly i couldn't tolerate it anymore he goes on to say that you know you can have a picnic but you got to wear masks unless everybody there is vaccinated it's like good grief this is just out of control we look he's not president
1: because the election was fraud fraudulently uh, conducted so he's not and you know he said the other night when he was before uh congress which they only let like three or 15 four people, people yeah, in yeah, yeah right he said we the people are the government i wish write that down i mean th- 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 we're, we're like in a, a place to <laughs> we're in a place that's I, I don't know. and we're just sitting here watching it. and well, we got to, we we got things like podcasts where we can analyze it.
2: well, I, I, my point is the majority of people who watch this man, a understand he's not in charge of anything. He's got to be led by the the nose anywhere. A uh, B, if you watch, and i I never watched the State of the Union or the State of the April Union. um but if you if you look at him in in the segments, I don't know what drugs they got him on, but they were good stuff. I mean, his (laughs) eyes were actually open this time. I haven't seen his eyes in in once. Unbelievable. So uh, that's the Looney Tune of the week. Well, I'm sure we'll find some new ones afterwards. Um, Let's get back to what we were talking about in the earlier half. Uh, You know, why do you want to get involved? Everyone starts with the best of intentions. You want to get involved because what you see, like what we just talked about, is – the total ignorance of common sense. Anybody with half an immune system knows, you know, if I get COVID, the odds are pretty high, like eighty percent, that I'm not even know I have it. So why should they be so fearful of this? It's just common sense. And when you get involved, it's say it's it's not because you want to be a strong Republican. It's you want to be someone who wants to get back to common sense. I mean, Jim, I think that's the first thing you said. Yeah. You didn't even know what party you were apolitical.
3: Yeah, and transparency doing doing. Doing stuff, everybody knows what you're doing. Uh, my, common sense was my first thing, and then I believed in transparency because uh, without it there cannot be a democracy, and I believe that term limits are important to have, and we should go to them on a national level be, because that position is often abused uh, with a sense of entitlement attached to it and power, definitely power attached to it. Uh, right. and my goal when I came in was to change the culture of, of what was going on and, uh, At a very local level. Local level. And uh, that chart, to put that chart uh, with the residents on top. And that's what we got when we got Ray, Ray Warwick in as the administrator. And it was interesting. Uh, Tom James was real important for me. I went door to door for Tom James, who's a new trustee. And, and uh, I, I went door to door for him. And we don't always agree on, I mean, we don't agree on, there are many things we're not on the same page, but we're, we're near the same page, so we can discuss things. And I, I told him, I said, I like this guy, Ray Warwick. And he said, well, I want to give our our current administrator all the opportunity. But he met with him, and he this this is the old administrator, and he said to him, uh, I, the other trustees wanted me to keep La Barbara out of the loop, and I did that. He wasn't involved in a lot of things. He said, I, I admit to that. He said, but uh, with you coming in now, I won't do that anymore. So wow. that was the thing that triggered us hiring Ray Warwick. And then, of course, after Ray got in, immediately there's a, a group of people. Here's what politicians will do. Skinny, you should know this now. What, what they will do is they won't do something themselves, somebody else will do it for them. Right. So they'll get a group of people, and in this case, there was a group that sent letters out to everybody 20,000 people in Sycamore Township. This demonizing Ray Warwick, how we hired him, what his money is, and, and behind closed doors, and don't no talk this. about qualifications, no, yeah, experience, no, no. Nothing. all of this, and some lies involved. mysterious lies involved in this.
1: Yeah, but the, all of this is this is uh, one story of one little township. This goes on everywhere, and look, for people who want to get involved, I mean, Jim has given example after example here of what can happen. You have to expect it you had your what was that the grieving points. yeah, Five points. It, yeah. I, it's three points first they will try to charm you and when that doesn't work you know look at me i'm special and so you should just believe everything i say when charming doesn't work they will manipulate you or uh, try to try to manipulate you to to do things their way when they see that that doesn't work they will destroy you and so You can move through those. A lot of people get trapped in those first two phases, including a lot of our uh, Tea Party brothers and sisters. Right. Got all hung up in those first two phases. People who are going to get involved got to understand you got to go through those first two phases real quick and have all of your preparation be in the third stage where they must destroy you because you're going to take away their good, cushy way of life that's ill-begotten. And the other thing that i've realized throughout this is when evil has more to lose than good has to gain we're already uh in an unfair fight they have things to lose and when you pure people like us we don't want to gain anything we want transparency we want common sense we want you not to spend more money than we bring in we want you to do that we don't want any gain I don't want a bag of cash from some developer. Jim doesn't need a check uh,
2: from from these guys. That's the difference. Right. And, and the key is, if you can make it past that third stage, if you can get past where they can't get rid of you, which it sounds like, Jim, that's exactly where you are now. They can't get rid of you unless you give up. That's when you've got the biggest chance for change because now you have enough support from the voters who have seen what you've done They're known as the people and they're the ones paying for all of this the bottom line so i i think that's the key you have to have the ability to get through those three things come out on the other side because on the other side what's the possibilities so even at the the trustee township level if you can get through that and stop this going out and buying properties, creating new parks that nobody's ever gonna ever use. Yeah. You know, everybody's gotta have a bike park, they gotta have a, a skateboard park, they gotta have all this stuff. We used to use the streets for crying out loud. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, stop spending money you don't have and, and stop trying to stay in power. Because even with term limits, I mean we spoke about this offline once. You know, the In the Ohio House and Senate, you can only have so many years in each. So what they do is they they fill out their years in one house. They they, go to the next
3: house. They go to the (laughs) next
2: house. And then when they're about to be termed out for good, their eye is on getting on some commissions. That's why nobody wants to get rid of DeWine. Because if you're termed out, DeWine's the guy that can give you the cushy job for the rest of your life with the big pension by getting you on one of these commissions. This has got to stop. And it will stop as soon as there are enough people who have made it through phase one, two, and three and say, it's done. We're not going to do this anymore, guys. And that's why we need to get the younger people involved because this takes years. Right. And it just takes
1: someone to realize what we're saying here, that it's not the process. It's none of that. It's changing it. Donald J. Trump didn't care anything about the process. They elect him and they come in and say, hey, Mr. President, you know, you're supposed to have a staff of 215 people, blah, 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 whatever it is. And he said, I don't need that.
2: I never I, had that as a CEO yeah, of a company. Yeah, I don't I need don't that as, need as a that. CEO of U.S.
1: And then he, of course, since he wasn't beholden anyway for cash, he disrupted the whole industry. The lobbyists then were not very powerful anymore. So it's understanding that big picture and understanding this is a fight. And uh, we're either going to be able to fight it out by what you're suggesting and getting good people, younger people in, to fight it out in this regard, or it's going to be fought out the
2: way it was back in the time. And that's this- what we're trying to avoid. I mean, the number of people I've spoken to in recent history that say we're headed to a, a very violent civil war, uh, we've got to find a way to stop it. Uh, and and it's it's just such an important topic. I in my mind, I'm always thinking of my grandchildren anymore and what they're going to be growing up with. And it's like, you know, they're forced currently to wear masks inside of schoolrooms when, in fact, no child under the age of 19 has died from this thing. Why are they crippling these poor children? It's how you got to do it to get through it. You got to have that, that you know, mental fortitude you, to do
1: it. Redressing the government that's overstepped its bounds as defined by our Declaration of Freedom and the Constitution, is not a civil war. It is our duty to take care of that. It is written. Those, those wise men way back wrote it right in there that this would happen. Right. And this is where we are. And yes, I agree with you. Let's try it peacefully, but let's let people know that it's very hard and you've got to have you got to be up to the challenge, and
2: you got to have your eyes open when you go in. I think Jim getting side blinded by you know accusations of alcoholism and stealing. Oh, just it's like crazy.
3: wow, it's crazy, and 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 it's funny. I can blame it all on Dusty Rhodes because Dusty said, oh, "You'd be terrific. Go ahead and do this." And Dusty, as a matter of fact, I used the common sense thing. I was in his office because he swore me in. Now he's a Republican and Democrats swearing me in. Because again, I, I don't it's a nonpartisan race. So we're serving everybody. But Dusty has a giant sign in his office. I mean a huge sign that says common sense. Really? Said, yeah, that's the same thing, Dusty. We're on the same page. Yeah, we always have been. You know, we yeah, like to do that. I did you
2: know. of uh, all of the politicians on both sides. Dusty's been my token Democrat at meetings for years. Yeah. He was at like the second meeting. He still talks anytime we ask him questions. I he is the old-school Democrat. I mean, at some point, we're going to talk about what's the difference in t- that time has done to where Republicans and Democrats differ. It, Dusty's definitely one of the old-school guys. You know, he's he's for the worker, he's for the people, and he's for doing things with common sense. So uh, shout-out to Dusty. But um, it's unbelievable where we have come to the point now that people are actually— rejoicing at some of the communism that's going on, you know, giving free money away, having the government determine every detail about your lives, where you can work, when you can work whether or not you can have a 4th of July picnic I, I think if you're worried about the government stopping your 4th of July picnic you don't know what the 4th of July is it's just unbelievable that we're, we're sitting here taking this and, and not doing something about it. I need to calm down uh, I think there are tons of things we can learn from what you've gone through, Jim. Uh, I thank you. I hope you can stay involved. I, I, I'm so sorry about the toll this has taken on your life. It just should not be like that. Um, what we're going to have to talk to next is is how do you get involved? How do you stay involved? How do we get education to, to help turn things around? And what in the world is going on with spending and taxes? Uh, it's... It's going to be the topic for next week, I think, if that's if that's what's going on. We're now talking about a $10 trillion budget for just the first six months of this year. Unbelievable. We're going to get to that and more please join us. Info at RestoreLiberty.us. We need the numbers. We need to get the word out. So thank you for listening.
0: And a reminder for previous podcasts, just search Restore Liberty. You can head to Spotify, SoundCloud, iHeart, and many others where the platform is located. Our thanks to our special guest, Jim LaBarba, and thank you for listening. It's been the Restore Liberty Podcast with George and Ray.
2: Heart. So if